This is a generic discussion with your host, the generic nerd. I am joined by my guest, Sirius Wolf. We'll delve into the inside baseball around his stream and his work with special effect. All the important links will be in the show notes below. And we'll dive right into the generic discussion after this break. What is the superhero backstory to this uh, streaming thing for you? It was not really much of a, I wouldn't call it a superhero backstory. It was more of, I found somebody else doing something that I really respected and admired and decided that it was something that even though I was hesitant to try, I figured, you know, what's the worst that can happen? It doesn't work out. It doesn't cost me anything, you know? I've been on Twitch for several, several years. Uh, been probably nine years now, I think. And I've been moderating for, I don't know, maybe six of those years. So I've, I've met a lot of partners and made a lot of friends on there and always been a kind of behind the scenes person. Came across a streamer about a little over seven months ago who, um, very, very, very good streamer. And one day about four months ago, I want to say it was five months ago, um, was doing a charity stream, a fundraiser for a charity I'd never heard of, for an organization I'd never heard of. And I was fascinated, first of all, that I'd never heard of such a fantastic organization, which is Special Effect. And Special Effect is the charity organization that I do pretty much everything for. And I hadn't heard about them and they do fantastic work. And when I realized that, you know, that this is a very big team of people that does a very massive amount of stuff, and it's very, very helpful to so many people. I was like, why have I not heard about them? And so I got in touch with one of their reps and I started talking to them and I realized, you know, you don't really have any U.S. representation. And I was like, well, I, I'm in the gaming industry. I'm a game developer. Like, I go to all the conventions and I've spent a lot of time on Twitch. I'm like, it couldn't hurt to try to stream and build even more awareness and raise money. And yeah, that was really just how I got started was I, I saw somebody else doing it and I just wanted to... Uh, I wanted to do what else was doing for the benefit of the same charity, so I gave it a shot. That, that, that's quite interesting. I, of course, you and I have some background knowing a couple people on the same platform, so I was, I do know that you've already made some prior investments into your setup, like the standing desk, the anti-fatigue mat, and all that fun stuff. So you'd already made the commitment to at least try it. Yeah, well, the benefit to things like a standing desk and an anti-fatigue mat, like the anti-fatigue mat you need when you have a standing desk. You can't be standing, you know, just on a carpet or wood floor. You're going to destroy your joints. Um, yeah. But the benefit to that is I'm a software engineer, and I've been one for almost 15 years, and I've been a game developer for about 10 years now. And so anything that, you know, worst case scenario, streaming doesn't work out, I have a standing desk for work 
so I don't hurt my back doing it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there, there's no downside to buying any equipment for streaming. I already had a good microphone because of doing voiceover work and recording things for game development and even music. Mm-hmm. I already had a nice camera. I already had an audio mixer. I, I literally had everything I already had, including a stream deck, because I've been using it for months before I started streaming for macros for programs like uh, Visual Studio and Photoshop and all kinds of things. So I was already using that that piece of hardware for my day-to-day stuff, my, my work, and even just random entertainment purposes. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, pretty much anything that I, the only thing that I'd really bought for streaming that I didn't already have was a better green screen. I had already had a backdrop set up uh, because I've recorded tutorial videos for places like Udemy and things like that in the past. Um, but, you know, the Elgato green screen is just, you can't really beat it. You know, the collapsible one. That was really the only major investment. I was like, you know, I can still use that no matter what. Yeah. That is the one thing about streaming is that there is so much overlap in sort of, from what I've seen, there's a lot of people who come from previous different fields who get into streaming who quite enjoy it, uh, do it as various hobbies. Like, hell, I know some lawyers who are on Twitch who are making content, so it's the, the idea that anybody probably has some stuff lying around to do this really does lower the barrier to entry so there really shouldn't be a question of how do i start it's when and why do you start streaming is is really what i'm thinking of and for you it was to get word of of special effect of special effect being out there yeah i mean there's a lot of people for example i one of the the partner teams that i work with um there's a number of mods who have said you know i could never stream and it's not that like you said the barrier the barrier of entry is really it's it's a lot more diminished now than it's ever been because software is more accessible technology is better you know the go-to gaming pc can probably handle streaming for most people it's just easier to get into now because we have a lot more tools. And that's why there are so many more people doing it, I think. It's become so much more accessible. Um, talking about all the kinds of different people that that stream, um, even my attorney is on Twitch. <laughs> you know, So it's it's anybody can really get started in it. It doesn't it doesn't take that much. But I know a number of people that refuse to because they see themselves as behind the scenes and they don't want to they don't want to take that step because they're not comfortable in that, that scene. It is still totally a different thing to be on camera and to have to interact with a chat. And, you know, there's a lot of little things that you have to do that if you're not used to those things can be a little jarring at first. Good point. Uh, considering especially with everything currently going on depending on when you're watching this podcast things may be totally different otherwise it's all history if not well the uh, current escape you've got a lot of people like using twitch to sort of 
make a different means of an income. So, any thoughts on the saturation of said market? Well, I mean, with with the pandemic that's going currently going on, there's we've seen a huge spike in the metrics on Twitch of both viewers and streamers, and then, um, you know, depending on who listens to this podcast and when, you know, they might not know the current events, but you know, with COVID nineteen going around, but then the other recent shift as well, Mixer going down. Um, we've yeah. had a massive influx of Mixer partners come over here and the original intention was for them to shift all over to Facebook gaming, which didn't happen. I know a couple of people that were Mixer partners that simply just popped into Twitch one day and said, I'm going to get started. And they're, you know, they were affiliates and, uh, in their first week because they had all the metrics for it. And, you know, it's, it's right now it's very difficult because of the saturation. So yeah, getting into streaming is incredibly easy. Even getting affiliate, if you have enough friends, is easy. But really making it on Twitch is, I mean, you, you've been around, you know, it's its a grind. It's, it's a lot of work. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of us know the, uh, the old saying, a rising tide raises all ships. So hopefully as more people sort of as more people sort of reach affiliate and you get to that sort of level, I, I like to think that perhaps we'll see more partners start showing up, more people, you know, getting those sort of ninja level deals. I hate saying his name, but it's a fact of like, he is one of the biggest people who is currently making money off of streaming, whether it's for him currently up in the air as to what platform he sticks to the fact that there is the possibility of that happening I think opens up a lot of interesting opportunities especially for these mixer partners who are just coming over and sort of embracing the, the twitch culture because I, that is one thing I've noticed, especially since we're both basically exclusively on Twitch, I would imagine, is that there is definitely a different culture from what I've seen on the platform as to other streaming services. Any thoughts on the sort of, you know? Well, I mean, if you mean what do the different services provide and like why is you know, why I mean, sort of like if you're on the platform for any number of time, you definitely notice very quickly that there is definitely a different vibe on Twitch than there is on different platforms. Like, yeah, well, you... I mean, that's I I've talked about that with other streamers before, and I don't I want to say it's not necessarily just the platform itself, <laughs> but the people it's... who use it. Well, it's not even the people, just the people who use it. It's definitely the people who use it, because obviously the platform you know, Twitch still has a, a long way to go to to fully support its partners and all those things. You know, every every platform has to evolve over time and every community is unique. You know, you'll go into some communities that are emotionally and behaviorally drastically different from others. You know, they're, they're various and varying across 
But one of the things that Twitch has that not all the other platforms has is simply its experience, its age. It's been around for longer than the other platforms. I mean, we saw Mixer come and go, right? Yeah. Um, Facebook gaming was not around when Twitch started. You know, a lot of us came to Twitch from Justin TV. So a lot of us yep. who, who came to Twitch knew streaming before Twitch existed. You know, there's a lot of people that have just found Twitch this year. You know, I, I have people in my chat for example, that were just telling me, I've never even heard of Twitch. I don't know what streaming is until, you know, my niece showed me Twitch one day because that's what she was watching. And now all of a sudden I'm a gamer. You know, it's, it's it's just the sheer fact that Twitch has been around for the amount of time that it's been around has given it this foundation and its, its evolution to build up and to create not only, you know, policies and things like that, but to be able to create so many different types of communities and to become what it is, you can only get that from something that's been around this long of a time. I think that's really why Twitch is the way it is. I think it's it's not just its communities that are in there. I think it's the fact that it's been around long enough to have all those communities grow and to have all this little evolution and these little changes. Yeah. I definitely can see that, especially since early Justin TV days, this was definitely the the wild west of streaming there was i will say early like 2000s internet there were there were no rules on how to do this we were just making it up as, as we go along sort of thing and sort of we i can definitely see that we've made sort of a set of sort of standards since then you do uh uh, random question uh, do you ever miss the early internet days of like early YouTube where nobody really knew what they were doing or like early Twitch where we're just trying this out and if, if it happens to become a thing sure but if not I, mean, I, I do and it. I I do and I don't it's it's like when people talk about hey do you remember this game when it used to when it first came out mm -hmm. um like a, a common thing is i used to play i used to play wow like i'm sure many many people have um and it's right and its evolution over the years has changed and a lot of people go oh well wouldn't you like to go back to what it was back in i don't know like burning crusade or whatever you know years yep. ago when you know this thing was different and that thing was different i'm like yeah sure i liked those things the way they were then but at the same time, the quality of life improvements that came since then as well is kind of like it's that trade-off. Um, yeah, I do miss when the internet was less saturated overall. Um, I miss when Twitch had a lot less people on it because you could find kind of what you were looking for back then. But at the same time, it's it, the explosion that's happened over Twitch over the years that it's been around. And I can't really call it a, an explosion, maybe lately an explosion because of the circumstances, but it growing also has provided so many new communities and new things to bring to light. Like for example, the person who got me started streaming um, has only been on Twitch for two years. Um, she wasn't around eight years ago when you know Twitch was still you know a baby and i never would have found that community so eight years ago i wasn't streaming six years ago i wasn't streaming two years ago i wasn't streaming if i had found this person two years ago i might have started 
you know, it's one of those things where, yeah, I do miss the the less saturated things, but at the same time, that that's kind of blossomed another effect that I don't think Twitch could be without it, if that makes sense. I, I get what you're saying. To sort of shift gears later a little, uh, I do know you do some work with special effect. Uh, since you've ventured into the realm of streaming, have you felt the need to do more of these charity streams and sort of try and get contact with more sort of charity rep representatives? Uh, speaking of this sort of like the background side of things, I would imagine trying to get in touch with charities is not the easiest thing in the world. Uh, it's not, but I certainly have wanted to do more than um, than I've done currently. Uh, when I when I first started streaming, you know, my goal was to just kind of build a following, and I knew, you know, for example, when my first week of streaming, when I had you know three viewers, I'm not going to raise a lot of money. You know, um, I know I know people that have been streaming for a year and a half, two years, that have, you know very low viewership still because they don't have a regular schedule things like that not that, that i'm putting them down or anything it's just because they're not able to to be a full-time streamer they haven't grown very big they wouldn't be able to generate a lot of you know donations or support for charities so i've i've certainly wanted to do more but i'm limited in my scope of what i'm capable of with not only my reach but my community as well um two months ago when i first started streaming it was because I, I, this is my I just passed my third month streaming. So two months ago, when I'd only been streaming for, you know, a, 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 a whole month, what do you do? Um, I started raising for St. Jude. It took me almost a whole month to hit my $200 goal. Whereas yesterday, I did a 12 hour charity stream where I raised a thousand pounds in 10 hours. You know, so the, the difference between when I started and now is a huge difference and I would love to do even more than I can or than I'm, I'm capable of now but it's just that there's still a limit on what you know I'm not going to raise 10,000 pounds for special effect in a weekend because I don't have that reach so yeah technically I would like to do more but there's there's limitation as far as reaching out to charities the the best thing is I I now that I've you know had video calls and things with that with a lot of people in special effect they know my name they know my face we've had zoom meetings and things like that we we become close as a team that being said if somebody wants to support a charity tiltify makes that reaching out step really really simple because if you're afraid to reach out or you have trouble reaching out or you feel like it's going to be difficult to get in contact with people raising for charities is really easy so it's actually it's it's if you just want to do something and see how it's going to work out, that's the that's that's an easy way to get started. Yeah, I would say, especially with like pro with services like Tiltify's showing up, you have definitely in a lot of ways the barrier for doing a lot of stuff has lowered the ability to do like the long you know 12 hour sessions just raising money is definitely entire extremely low especially with tiltify 
because essentially you're just signing up, putting together the page, setting that donation goal. And if you don't reach it, you don't reach it. If you do, you successfully raise, say, 200 $300 for a charity. So it's definitely been lowered to a significant degree. Well, it's, it's just like the barrier of entry with Twitch because because technology has improved, it's mm -hmm. now easier to encompass all of those little things that you need to do. You know, streaming eight years ago um, on like Justin TV, for example, when all the software was new, you know, you want to you want to talk about bare bones. Look at the first release of XSplit. I dare you. You know, it was it was it was a lot of fun. Don't get me wrong, and it's a great piece of software. I, I use um, like VCam and stuff like that from XSplit, and I've played with their GameCaster a little bit, and it's like it's it's great. Yeah, early XSplit was uh, oh boy, I remember I remember that piece. That was uh, eh, eh. trying to get that damn thing to work. You, uh, not bashing XSplit, but God. It is oh yeah, yeah. No, I mean it's it. The first, the first few months of any new technology's lifecycle is going to be a nightmare. Yeah, you know, it's not that's not avoidable. Anytime somebody pioneers something, you know, I've worked for social media companies, and it's like our first releases of software were oh god a nightmare because nobody had ever done it before. So it's not like they could go okay what worked for these 18 other people that we can, it, it, it didn't happen, XSplit didn't have that. Yeah, there was other video recording software, but how many pieces of software were legitimately out there to do what OBS and XSplit and Streamlabs that OBS does? There wasn't, you know, yeah, there was Skype and there was, you know, there were online meeting things, but there was not a record, encode, upload in real time software. We were very much making up the tools as we go along, sort of thing. It was like, as the need became more and more plentiful, we definitely saw the uh, software become more readily available. Oh, God. Trying to think, dude. With the, would you would you say, given all of the current events, that you've I can definitely tell that you've definitely grown as a creator in the past few months, especially since you started. Do you, given the current situation, has would you say that's both helped and or hindered, or a little bit of both? Just trying to pick your brain here for that. You mean as far as has it helped me as a creator over the last couple months, or what do you mean specifically? Do you think the current situation has both has helped and or hindered your I mean, channel in any ways? I I honestly I I don't wanna make myself sound like I'm any better of a content creator than I am by saying, Oh yeah, the the saturation has affected my my channel. Um, but I think it has, I think the fact that we have, you know, the most amount of streamers on Twitch ever in its history and not just by it, it and it's not just small gradual growth. This isn't like we have 1% more than we had the month before that and the month before that. 
it is it is skyrocketed since COVID and then Mixer. Um, and yeah, I think that has affected my channel because yeah, Twitch did see a huge jump in viewers, but that flattened out and then dropped shortly after. And we're yep. still we're we've already seen that number drop back down significantly. It's not where it was pre quarantine, but it's it's definitely a lot lower than that that original spike and to have so many more content creators means that there's less eyes available um on my you know whatever time schedule i am so there's there's a metric to it for sure but at the same time i don't think it's had that much of an impact on me it might affect the possible viewership you know mathematically but i don't think it's really had an impact on my channel because I didn't start streaming because of COVID. I started streaming because I just one day woke up and I was like, I want to do this and I want to help this charity. And, you know, like I said earlier, I just I wanted to, to do more. And when quarantine ends and a lot of those people who are streaming because they're bored stop, I'm still going to be here, you know. So I don't really think it's had an impact on me as a content creator. I think, yeah, mathematically, it might have an impact on the channel, but I'm new enough where I don't think it matters that much, you know. Yeah. Like I'm slowly building an audience. I'm slowly building followers. I'm doing what every partner who has been a partner for years is telling me that they do. You know, it's just slow growth. It's casual growth. It's, it's you know, the slow increase of viewers and followers and things like that. I don't think the current situation's had a massive impact on me. Um, I will say, I will say that a lot of current world events besides those two that I don't want to go too much in detail about um, have definitely influenced how I react to people as a content creator. Um, we get, you know, content creators, we deal with a lot of harassment and we deal with a lot of trolls, even somebody my size. Um, I, I constantly get people that come in and just, they're, they basically just paint the ban me, you know, sticker on their forehead. Um, and I, I think the current events have influenced that and how we deal with them have influenced that. I, I feel like, and I might be wrong, this is just my own opinion, but I feel like content creators have definitely gotten a lot more gentle about handling people and handling them quietly. Just because not only is there an abundance more of people there, but the way people react to that, we all try to give people a very safe space when they come into our streams um, and us you know, hauling off at a viewer <laughs> that did something ban worthy um, doesn't promote that. And I don't know if that's just the growth that we've had as a community or if the recent kind of events have influenced that. But that's definitely something that I've seen. Um, definitely seen something that I've seen mature more and just the last couple of years on Twitch. Uh, is is people's reactions to viewers and trolls and other streamers and things like that trying to be a lot calmer i think i can definitely see that being a factor i, I considering you mentioned you were also moderating for a good portion of your time on it do, do you think do you think that's actually had a handle had a hand in which you sort of you know approach interacting with chat in a little way absolutely absolutely i think somebody that is brand new to twitch who's never been streaming and it was like hey i want to try streaming because this is what everybody says that they do now that you know corona hit etc um 
if you don't have one, you don't have the habit of knowing the difference between, you know, there's no intonation, there's no connotation, there's nothing to know in text if a person is being sarcastic, unless you know that person, right? So if you don't, if you're not used to what terminologies are blatantly um, offensive versus, you know, lull, you know, like I'm just toying with you kind of things, um, that can be, that can be jarring to a new streamer. Um, the other thing is not necessarily knowing if you haven't been on camera, like I was on camera when I was a child and stuff like that and acting and all that. So it, it wasn't difficult for me to stand in front of a camera. That's something different as well. If, if you are not used to the routine of chat, and I don't mean talking to chat. I mean, if you're not used to the routine of dealing with chat as it is, that can be different. Being a moderator for years before I became a, a creator made it easier for me to understand what was going on in chat as it's going on. I didn't have to, I don't have to stop and go, okay, well, this person said this and what did they mean by this? And, you know, it's like, I can kind of pick up on subtle cues and when certain people come in my chat, I know immediately, are they going to be a problem? <laughs> you know, are they going to be, are they going to be a viewer that's going to hang around for a while? Um, I know how to talk to people. I know how to interact with chat in a way that a person brand new to Twitch wouldn't. And likewise, being a moderator, I know how to, to react to chat and how to react to events that happen on stream the way somebody who hasn't moderated wouldn't know how to do. So yeah, I think it's had a profound impact on both my experience in Twitch um, as, as a viewer of years, as well as a moderator. I think it's had a profound impact on how I, I manage my channel. And even on the, the behind the scenes stuff too, handling things like Twitter and OBS and Discord and all of these little other connected pieces that content creators have to manage on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, having been in so many communities and moderating and adminning for people, I understand a lot of those facets, whereas a new streamer wouldn't. You know, I've had the privilege of being a moderator for partners. And because of that, I know busy discords. I know busy chats. And that's that's really influenced how I approach certain situations. Inevitable sort of horror that is front page chat. Oh, front page chat is a lot of fun, though. <laughs> you, you and I have very differing opinions there, apparently. <laughs> Depending on whether or not your partner has auto mod turned on, front page chat is a lot of fun. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Um, Is there anything on Twitch that you sort of, in your own opinion, could see them improving on or changing for the better? I know with the more recent like additions of like moderation tools that are a bit more front and center for us, that is there anything in your opinion that you could see, you know, them changing or adding or improving on that? you would like to see coming down the pipeline um that's the one the one perspective that i don't have on twitch despite all my years of it um and you know i've only been streaming for a few months and people like even as a moderator i stepped into streaming having some experience in the platform but streaming was still new and there's a lot of things that yeah it helped me prepare for but i've still learned quite a bit in just the last few months you know so there's still a perspective that i have that a mod wouldn't have. There's a perspective that partners have that I certainly don't have. 
Um, so it's hard for me to say what I think can be improved because, you know, it, it's I'm not a partner and I'm still a new streamer. But as far as what I think Twitch could do a better job of, I I, I definitely think they're trying. I don't want to call out Twitch or say it's Twitch's fault. It's definitely difficult to maintain a platform of this size, regardless of the number of staff that you have. Um, but I've definitely heard a lot of people say that they wish they had you know, more support from Twitch, the partners. And um, as far as as far as the affiliates go, I mean, you know, we're I, I understand it. I accept it and I'm not even upset about it. We're kind of down on the totem pole a little bit because we're we're new. You know, we're we're young to the platform. We're new creators. There's enough support amongst the peers um, that we can get. And I think that's the one thing that I personally would like to see better on Twitch is Twitch connecting streamers together and not just like partners, but everybody together, like finding one of the things I noticed they added was like a recommended for you view rather than just high to low viewer counts in channels. Um, I know that helps a lot because you can find somebody in a channel where there's 10,000 people, you know, watching 400 streamers and you can find somebody with five viewers in their chat. That's helpful. Right. Um, things like that where um, affiliates can connect with each other better and things like that. I think that would be really great. I think that would be great. I mean, they have, you know, partner parties and partner discords and things like that. There's just so many affiliates. I don't know how they would do it effectively and efficiently, um, but getting affiliates a little closer together would be awesome because I see partners able to do a lot of things. That would be so much fun. I have to like, for example, squad streaming. That would be so awesome as an affiliate. Like that one little thing would make such a huge because I did in the beginning of my charity stream yesterday, I co-streamed with somebody and I had to, you know, go to the multi stream thing and create a extra command and everything to just turn on squad streaming would be amazing as an affiliate. So, I mean, yeah, there's definitely things that they can improve and work on. But I think, like I said earlier, it's the evolution of a platform. So I'm, I'm happy with a lot of what we have. Yeah, more would always be great. But, you know, the platform has to the platform has to continue to evolve at whatever pace it's going to evolve at. on and on and on so feel free to feel free to tell me that you need a shorter answer
I would definitely say networking and discoverability for affiliates would definitely be a added plus. In a lot of ways. Basically, to sort of make a long answer, sort of summarize the TLDR, if you will. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Feel free to summarize. I tend to go on and on and on and on. It's all right. That just makes this all the more interesting, in my opinion, to listen to. So given the... Uh, Sort of losing my train of thought for a second there. The sort of idea that affiliates are sort of entering into this with like no experience, you're definitely the exception to many of those sort of expectations, you could say. Yeah, I mean, I, I've spent time on camera, I, I have a very well-built technical setup because of my career um i'm used to speaking in front of people because of other things that i do on the side like i i had an all-around knowledge of twitch um I've, I've definitely learned a lot in the last couple of months for sure but yeah luckily i i did kind of have my proverbial foot in the door as far as what i needed to know at least to get started Will definitely help to have sort of the proverbial foot in the door. Would you say it's been useful having known so many people across the platform before having jumped into it? Uh, there's definitely a couple of people that I've turned to with with questions that I knew would have appropriate answers to them. So that's definitely helpful. Um, a couple of them are, are partners and it's 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 definitely been it's definitely been useful yeah to go to somebody who's had experience of doing this for years um multiple different audience sizes but yeah people who have years of experience doing this because like i said before even as a moderator a brand new streamer you still have a different perspective than somebody who's been a partner for five years you know and for me to say oh should i have to worry about this and to hear a partner tell you no <laughs> is is really you know it, it can be it can be reassuring you know particularly when you you have somebody to kind of go like don't don't worry about that uh twitch is definitely a lot different than it was years ago so you still kind of have to adapt to that but yeah it really helps to have people on twitch to kind of help guide you as you as you get started Would you say the fear of reaching out is a thing that a lot of people, myself included, and probably you to a somewhat of an extent, probably have when sort of getting in touch with creators? There can be. There's definitely even even for somebody who's been streaming, um, there's definitely this level of because they're a partner, you know, they, they might be out of reach particularly the larger partners um there's definitely a fear of like i don't want to bother this person because i know how busy they are kind of a thing um i have friends who are partners and i know that they spend hours a day managing and adminning you know their 
their channel because not only do they have to pay attention to Discord, pay attention to Twitter, and pay attention to everything else under the sun, but they have to deal with things like they have meetings for sponsorships and they have to deal with, you know, charity drives. And these are, it's not as easy for a huge partner to set up a charity drive as it is for somebody like me. So they're very, they're very busy people. And yeah, that can be intimidating to go, hey, I have a question. You have this kind of, you know, timid, I'm putting my hand up in the back of the room. I have a question kind of a thing. that would be to I guess for the potential listener who may be looking to collaborate with anyone what would you say is the first step besides reaching out that they could probably do well honestly reaching out is probably going to be the first step but as far as who to reach out to, I think is also important. If you if you're brand new to to Twitch or you're brand new to streaming, you've only been streaming a month, you don't know anybody. See, that's the other thing too is I, I knew people, um, but like the person that I co-streamed with yesterday, I just found one day by rating. You know, I I've introduced myself. I've created partners, for example, and I. I found a lot of the people that I've been networking with and talking to simply by just doing it, just getting it done. Um, as far as who to do it with, it's that's a tricky question because you really don't want to. It, it's that's really just such a multifaceted question. I feel like that's like an entire topic we could be here all day. But I guess the TLDR would be find somebody that if you want to co-create with, make sure that they meet your vibe as well make sure that they they would be somebody that you would want to represent and you would want representing you right because it doesn't matter the size if it's you know they have 20 people in their stream or they have 200 people in their stream you know you host them or you raid them or you try to collab with them you have to make sure that the two of you are going to click otherwise you know it's it's not going to work out regardless so you definitely want to find somebody that you're comfortable with first. And then once you find that person, then reach out. Because um, there's, you're never going to, what's the worst that's going to happen? You're going to hear no. You try to find somebody else, you know? You're never going to hear a yes by not asking a question. That is on the nose right there. That it is. That is great. So... For the, I'm trying to think of how I want to properly phrase this, the, for the most part, from what I'm, from what, from what I'm gathering is just being able to sort of use your sort of even then like you grow a while streaming you will eventually grow a sizable or I don't know sizable but a circle of like close streamer related 
friend that you probably know. I'm assuming you would also recommend not or going ahead and trying to work with them to do sort of co-streamed events or just occasionally like just party up with somebody in a game and just stream together for a couple hours while you're available sort of thing. It's definitely a good step to do once you've done the reaching out bit. Yeah, I mean, I have I have viewers who pop into my chat and they don't stream at all. And they just go, hey, you know, can I join you or whatever? And I had one this morning who had like a free couple of hours. And I'm like, did you want to jump in the game while I'm on stream? Because I know I can trust this person on Discord because, you know, that's another thing streamers have to worry about. We can't just invite uh, somebody we've never seen before in our chat into our Discord because I'm responsible for whatever their behavior is while I'm streaming. But when you when you get these interactions, you get these connections with not only your viewers but other streamers, you just start to, you know, kind of commingle and you start to do things together even off stream. You know, there's a couple streamers that I've hung out with off stream that have nothing to do with streaming. And those are the kind of friendships and relationships that you build. So, you know, once you once you interact with somebody, like if you find a community where somebody's like, hey, yeah, I play games with my viewers, that might be a thing to do because introducing yourself as a streamer to another streamer can be very scary. And, you know, we don't ever want to self-promote ourselves or anything like that in somebody else's channel. So you have to be very careful how you approach that. Um, you have to do it quietly behind the scenes, for example. But yeah, finding finding a circle of people that you trust and trust you and you want to hang out with is, is going to be the first thing because whatever you're worried about, they're worried about, you know, and the bigger they are, the exponentially more they're worried about it. So it's, you know, you have to start making friends before you can make, you know, network connections. So, yeah, do the quiet behind the scenes stuff as well as, you know, reaching out and, you know, collaborating. From your own perspective, would you say that there is a difference, or at least a, not necessarily a difference, more of a, what's uh, looking for, it's on tip my tongue. A degree of, I guess what I'm trying to say, for people who, for, for people uninitiated, the idea of streamers who don't really um, interact with viewers or, you know, do the whole uh, hop in a game with me sort of thing, it's, there's definitely, there's no like, like that is totally fine in and of itself. Like there's no like right or wrong way to interact with chat. Is basically what I'm trying to get to. Oh, what like what are you asking? Like, would you say that there is no right or wrong way to interact with chat? Um, 
no, there's definitely there's definitely a right and a wrong way to interact with your chat. Um, that that comes from a perspective as both a streamer and a moderator. Um, there's there's always a right way to interact with your chat, not only from a friendly perspective, but there's a, a right way to handle the chat as well, and then there's a wrong way to handle the chat. So yeah, no, there's a, there's absolutely a right and a wrong way to to handle your chat. I could definitely see that. Um, you definitely want to be friendly and engaging and welcoming and inclusive and kind to people that come in. You want to be genuine is probably the top of my list. Um, when I go into a stream and I see people who, I mean, there, there's one thing to be like in a character and have an on-screen personality that's different. But when you go into something and you, you kind of get that yes person personality where they're just like they're just happy to be friends with everybody and you kind of wonder is that who they really are like you know what i mean like it's like you just get that weird feeling about them you just you just get this like they're just trying to make everybody in chat happy is a, an easy trap to fall into i think as a streamer um i don't know any streamers personally who do that because luckily i haven't really seen many people do that but i've definitely fallen into chats um like finding random people in directories and uh like raids and stuff like that where they're just like kind of like going along with what anybody says in chat because they want to be that friendly person there there's like toxic positivity horrible thing to do with your chat you know you want to be genuine you want to be real uh, not every day is a great day for example um some days i have bad days i tell my chat that i'm not always sunshine and roses with my chat sometimes i tell them look i've had a bad day and i'm tired or i don't feel well and you know sometimes they say i might end my stream early or the reason i wasn't on yesterday is because being real is very important and that's a very right way to handle your chat uh toxic positivity in my opinion is not a great way to handle your chat um as far as like new people when they come in you want to be warm and welcoming but you don't want to be so so needy for attention that you just want to be overly welcoming like you know i i had a couple of new people pop in the last few days and you know hey can i play with you absolutely they don't immediately jump into discord with me because i need to know that they're going to be a a viewer that is going to be appropriate you know what i mean like there there's you have to be warm and you have to be welcoming and you have to be friendly because if you're not going to be friendly streaming might not be your your cup of tea if you can't be friendly with people that you, you don't know right every every friend starts as a stranger so you you have to be welcoming but at the same time you have to be real and when you when you when you're not real and you're artificial it not only shows but it's a really poor way to handle your chat because then when something real happens you have nothing to fall back on when that when that one viewer finally crosses the line your chat doesn't know that's that it's not okay because you've never made that line clear. So yeah, there's there's definitely a right and a wrong way to handle your chat. Like setting clear boundaries, being that sort of like, hey, come on in. We're not gonna bite much depending on how you are. Yeah, we're look, we're friendly, we're welcoming. You be you and enjoy being here. 
but we have rules, you know? Um, I'm a streamer, I have a public eye on me. I'm not, I'm not a big streamer, but if I have 30 people watching me, for example, and somebody new comes into chat and they're like, hey, can I play? Yeah, of course, I, I want you to come in and play a game with me. Can I jump in in Discord? I have no idea what kind of language you have. <laughs> Had, you know, I'm running family friendly right now because I have a charity stream going on. And if somebody blows out a word that is not only despicable, but might even be TOS line, you know, I'm responsible for that. So you have to have rules, you have to have boundaries, you have to have guidelines. But at the same time, you have to be like friendly and, you know, genuine. If I, if I'm, if I'm not in the mood to play a game today, I'm going to say why that is because I don't want my chat to think, I'm always happy 99.9% .9 of the time. I'm very frequently happy. Uh, my favorite streamer in the world, all the time she says uh, she's three-dimensional. She's not always happy, but she's very often enthusiastic. And that's one of my favorite expressions ever because it's real. You know, if I show up to stream one day and I don't feel well, or I've had a really bad day about private stuff I don't want to talk about, I'm going to tell chat, hey, I had a bad day. I don't want to be... I don't want to have this toxic positivity all the time. And then that one day I come in because I can't control how sad I am or how depressed I am or how, you know, angry I am about something that's going to show whether you like it or not, <laughs> no matter how much you plaster that fake smile on, it's going to show in, in your reaction to chat and how you play your game. So that's another thing. It's not just setting clear boundaries. It's you have to be real with your chat because they have to know that you're a person. You're not just a cartoon character <laughs> you know you're not just watching a tv show this is a live interaction i think it's getting close to time so i'm gonna start wrapping this up you can catch this podcast the generic discussion every Wednesday hopefully if I can get a guest this has been my guest Sirius Wolf uh, plug <laughs> thanks uh, yeah I'm Sirius Wolf S-I-R-I-U-S Wolf kind of like Sirius Black but not related at all it's actually um, it's the star not not related to Harry Potter. I've had that name for 10 years. Um, you can catch me on Twitch. I'm on Twitch six days a week. The only day I don't stream is Thursday and I go live um, noon BST. Um, I'm right now in the middle of a charity drive for special effect, which I mean, they're, they're an amazing group of people. They, they help people communicate with each other and reach out and be interactive with gaming, no matter what their physical disability is. They even help people that are um, immunocompromised and can't leave the house, for example. Um, so I'm, I'm doing a huge charity drive for them right now. Um, so they're, they're definitely a group of people that I would recommend checking out. But yeah, you can find me on Twitch um, six days a week, uh, Serious Wolf, and then The Serious Wolf on Twitter because Serious Wolf is taken already. And I didn't want a bunch of numbers in my name.
This has been the Generic Discussion with your host, the Generic Nerd. I have been joined by my guest, Sirius Wolf. Join us next week as we have a new guest, and we talk more inside baseball streaming and content creation. All the important links and socials will be in the show notes. We will catch you next week with another Generic Discussion.